This podcast represents my opinion and the opinion of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I am not establishing a patient-physician relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions you may have. Good afternoon, everybody. How's everybody? Um, We have Seth here today, our producer. Vanessa is here with us in spirit. She's nowhere else but with her baby. It's been a month now post uh, postpartum. She's doing fantastic. I had lunch with her the other day. I think she misses us all. Today, I'm going to talk about uh, just a topic that interests me, and I bet you it's going to interest you. Uh, I'm going to have Seth here to bounce some ideas off of, but I'm going to talk about expecting more from yourself, your healthcare practitioners, and the medical system. Welcome to the Not Your Doc podcast. Um, well, you know, I'm going to set up the the, the issues uh, that I come across uh, enough times that uh, it sticks in my head. I put it on my blog. Um, I want people to expect more from themselves, their healthcare professionals, and uh, the health, uh, and from their own health. Um, recently, uh, Jamie Fox, we didn't know what happened to him, but he's been in the hospital probably a month now. Sounds like a stroke. He's had long-standing hypertension, um, and he's still. We've not really heard everything, but uh, significant enough that it sounds like he's in rehab. And Tina Turner just came out uh, not too long ago. She just passed away wonderful singer. She talked about kidney health. um, And the number one cause of kidney disease in the United States is hypertension and diabetes. And my suspicion is that's what what she was talking about. Um, So it just reminds me how many people end up having morbidities and mortalities. This is illness and death way too soon. Uh, This is a loss of uh, our loved ones, a loss of people who produce wonderful things. Um, And it's a shame to lose them to basic common routine medical issues that can be prevented or treated more aggressively. Now, it's not all, of course, on our medical system, our physicians, our nurse practitioners, or physician's assistants. It's really about people understanding healthcare and prioritizing it higher than I bet you that you, better than you and I do. I certainly get up in the morning, I worry about my family, money, the house, uh, the car, my in-laws, all the, my brothers, all these things are important to us. And somewhere buried in number 19 or 20, we think about our own health. Because if it ain't aching, it ain't hurting, it ain't costing us money, by golly, it's not, it can't be any higher than my car You know, this morning making sure that it can start and getting uh, to work so we can make some money so we can pay for our responsibilities. So part of what I'm going to talk about whenever I talk about our own health is actually prioritizing it consistently. It doesn't have to be every day, but consistently. Um, and so this is what we're going to talk about. Um, we certainly talk about uh, certain topics that come to light because of how our news media highlights certain uh, issues. Uh, if, somebody, if, if there's mass shootings, if there's economic problems, etc., but certainly um, the, the, the chronic low-grade stuff, our chronic diseases that eat away at our lives and our ability to enjoy life um, is, is the biggest topic. There are acute things, accidents and, and surgeries that are acute for acute issues. I'm not going to really discuss that so much today. But it's the chronic stuff, the hypertension, the diabetes, the obesity, the depression, the sleep apnea. <clears throat> 
the autoimmune things that kind of nibble away at us and uh, rob us of so many things and uh, pile up on my desk of stuff I have to worry about and think about um, and uh, therefore send you out for more tests and send you out for specialists. So you can see how we can kind of get started with something uh, that's not too dramatic, a hypertension that you won't feel for decades, potentially before uh, you have a stroke, heart attack, or kidney failure. Uh, so uh, then, uh, and so what I'd like to talk about is how I see it as an internist, as a physician of 30 years. Um, so last night, I sat down with a consultation with a, 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 a wonderful woman who in her, who's in her late, late 70s with, and her adult daughter. Uh, the patient came to me for, uh, for depression and treatment with ketamine. But what caught my attention is all her medical needs, her internal medicine needs, her general medical needs. Um, this patient is a wonderful uh, patient. She had 11 prescription medicines, and she probably needed a couple of more because she hasn't seen a couple of her specialists recently. She has a one over-the-counter medicine. She sees nine different physicians, <clears throat> not all the same time, but over over time, um, and just reminded me by the end of the visit, I talked a lot, lot more about all her other medical issues, the oxygen at night that she's not using, uh, her arthritic problems, inflammatory issues, her sleep issues, all these things are not always necessarily directly related or caused by depression, why she was coming to see us for. Uh, so it was nice to put on my medicine, internal medicine hat, but then I took off my hat and said, hey, there's a reason why I stopped doing internal medicine a couple of years ago. I was repeating myself, whether it's the same patient over many years. So if I saw a patient for 25 years, three, uh, four times a year for the diabetes for over 25 years, uh, so that racks up 100 visits. And I will guarantee you that I never thought about, quote, unquote, curing that diabetic. I always thought about how it can control um, their, their sugars, whether it's more medicines or dietitian, weight loss, et cetera. But I never talked about cure. We don't talk about curing any of these chronic conditions, obesity, uh, depression, uh, uh, inflammatory arthritis, et cetera. Um, and I want, and that's part of it is because we're not taught like that in medical school. We never tell anybody we're going to cure the hypertension. We're going to control it. We're going to, we're going to prevent end organ damage. We're going to prevent the retinal bleed, the strokes, the heart attacks, the kidney failure. But we never talk about cure. Essentially, cure for me is is taking care of stuff. So that either uh, is, this is after you have the disease, taking care of, uh, of 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 lifestyle and other issues to the point where uh, that you don't have to worry about seeing the doctor and continuing medicines anymore. And this is hard to uh, to expect because once you're diabetic, you're always a diabetic. Once you have heart disease, even if you lose weight and stop smoking, you always have heart disease. You may not be having active diabetes problems or active uh, heart disease problems, but you still have the uh, the, the signature uh, issues uh, that, that, that led you to coming to see the doctor in the first place. People talk about decreasing healthcare dollars, uh, decreasing the cost of healthcare in the United States. I kind of laugh at this. Back in, whenever I was an undergrad at the University of Illinois, uh, our, 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 we had a philosophy class. We were sitting out on the quad, and uh, the, the, the teaching assistant asked, is, is healthcare a right or is it a privilege? And because at that time, it was costing 11 to 12 percent of our GDP, our gross domestic product. Nowadays, uh, our healthcare is about 16 to 17 percent. Uh, certainly, uh, healthcare provides for a lot of jobs. Physicians, such as myself, nurses, nurse practitioners, billers, hospitals, hospital administrators, everything, uh, pharmace pharmacies. Uh, healthcare is a big, big industry. Um, and it's not just about taking care of ill people, uh, but certainly we focus on that because that's how we get paid. We take care of people for prevention, not very well, but for after people 
um, um, have uh, enough hypertension to cause kidney problems, uh, et cetera. I remind people the b- big names on big buildings and hospitals are oftentimes not for, for prevention, it's for treatment, fancy advanced treatments. And that's why these people, uh, these these um, hospitals can build big build big excuse me, build big buildings and get donators, uh, donations to put somebody's name on it. It's not necessarily for prevention. The vast majority of these is for advanced treatments where the, 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 the horse is out of the barn. So I want people to understand that a lot of stuff that, that we're going to talk about, it's uh, chronic, uh, chronic diseases are preventable. And once you have the disease, you could potentially cure it. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to stop seeing doctors like I hoped or stop all your medicines like I hope. But I want people to think totally differently. People think that the primary care physician is the cheapest guy or gal uh, in the whole uh, link in the medical system. And that's what uh, insurers believe, and that's why they drive people to see primary care doctors or nurse practitioners or physician assistants because they believe specialists and hospitalizations and ER visits are expensive. Primary care doctors are relatively cheap. The problem with primary care physicians is by the time you see me for hypertension and I have to rack up two or three or four medicines for you, for your diabetes or depression or, or sleep issues, that eventually that also adds expense. And eventually I have to send you a specialist which actually adds more expense. I have to send you to testing, I have to add, add more expense. So even though I may be a primary care doctor and don't deliver babies, don't fix broken bones, don't do surgery, uh, what I can do is write for a lot of things, uh, whether it's testing or send you to expensive uh, uh, medical practitioners. Um, and so we'd like to prevent even having to see somebody like me. And how do you prevent seeing a primary care physician? I'm not saying don't get a primary care physician if you have illnesses or symptoms. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this is from your youth. This is not what we started talking to kids about. We have them do sit-ups and push-ups and pull-ups in junior high and high school uh, to do all sorts of uh, presidential fitness testing. But what we don't say to people is how to stay healthy and fit mentally, physically, emotionally throughout the next 50, 60, 70, 80 years of their life. So I want people to understand that all this stuff really happens in, 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 in grade school and junior high. Some of it's fun for competition and for becoming a, a sports fanatic, et cetera. But a lot of sports that you do in your, as a youngster, you're probably not going to be able to do as you grow older in order to stay fit. Uh, so that's the first thing. We, there's a, a whole big area of decreasing stress in the family, avoiding uh, childhood uh, stressors that are such as abuse. Those are big things that help determine health down the line. Well, I'm going to skip over that for right now, although that's extremely important. But fitness and what we, how we eat and and how uh, and mental health in the youth is really where it starts. Believe it or not, decades later, these people show up, and I still hear about it 40 and 50 years later, about the difficulties that they had in their home life, the difficulties they had about their school life, the bullying, et cetera. I hear about it literally decades later whenever people come see me, whether it's for uh, depression or, or any other chronic medical condition. So I'd like to start in our youth. It's not going to be high science. You don't have to see a physician in order to, to, to understand how to eat better uh, and how to decrease stress and how to exercise. Um, that's not necessarily the physician's position, but we have a lot other healthcare practitioners and other people who know exactly what to do. And, uh, and the science is always changing about diets and kids and all sorts of other things. But there's information out there, whether you go through .gov, uh, U.S. government websites, or you follow certain practitioners 
that have deep interest, whether it's in, in longevity. So you start in your youth. Heart disease starts in our youth, believe it or not. These fatty plaques that line our arteries start in our youth. And that's from our, some of it's genetics, but some of it is our diet and exercise already in our teens and preteens. So, uh, so that's, that's where we, uh, that's where we can start. Um, typically if you ask your pediatrician or, or pediatric nurse practitioner, et cetera, they have some advice and some direction for select things, but a lot of times you're going to have to do a little bit of legwork yourself for your, for your, fa- for yourself or your family. If you're an adult youngsters, they could do a little bit, but it's not quite the, the medical information. The healthcare information is not quite set up for youngsters to read. So you're going to have to, uh, the adults who love them have to interpret some of these things and you could do it as a group. Uh, kids go through milestones typically at the same ages. Um, so you do it as a group in terms of uh, everything from bullying to, to, to nutrition, et cetera. You can't always wait for the schools to take out vending machines that have crappy snacks. Uh, you some, you sometimes you're going to have to do some other things, and you can't quite follow the herd whenever it comes to childhood um, uh, uh, health. Uh, but it's a good start to start with your pediatrician. There are a lot of .gov websites that are very, very give you excellent basic information, and that's kind of where you start. Um, then the, the the stress, dietary uh, issues, and exercise start in your youth, climb all the way through the rest of your life. Um, so that's that's extremely important. We now believe that, for instance, depression, which can start in your youth, um, is associated oftentimes uh, correlated with uh, people who have certainly family history of depression, for instance. Uh, that's the, the first thing. Um, and so some some of our kids will have be predisposed to d- d- depressive uh, issues because it comes in the family. Um, and so you, uh, you, you'll be able to address that earlier on. You may not be able to prevent it like you, you would wish, but you could address it earlier on in terms of talk therapy and sometimes uh, necessary medications. Oftentimes, believe it or not, dietary changes can potentially help address some of the depressive symptoms even early on. You have to be careful. Youngsters are growing. You have to go through your pediatrician to make sure uh, before you try any dietary changes, et cetera. Um, a lot of, uh, although I tell you to talk to healthcare providers and practitioners who are not always physicians, I know some of them cost money out of pocket. I know some of them are not easily are not easy to get into. They're not on your insurance plan, um, et cetera. But you don't necessarily have to do multiple visits. A couple, you know, two, three, five visits to a nutritionist is all you need as a youngster to understand uh, to, what, how to, to how to look at food, what you can prepare yourself, uh, etc. It does not have to be, um, you know, dozens and dozens of visits. So I want people to kind of put that as a priority, set aside money for that as a priority. If it's not covered by insurance, uh, go uh, do it as a group. They do group sessions for for health uh, for certain health uh, things, which could cost you much less. Um, so, uh, so there's socioeconomics determines for depression. You can't always fi- fix your uh, the the uh, your uh, your society or your economics, but we know that that's an issue. There are dietary issues with depression that all these add on top of your genetics, um, and then. Just because you're seeing a doc or two or taking medicines doesn't mean that it's working. So you have to have follow-up if you are going to see somebody for these things. Um, if, if things get better and you can back off medicines and stuff like that, you still want to intermittently check in with somebody to make sure that you're functioning well. Sometimes uh, I can't tell my blood pressure by feel, by feel. I sometimes have a hard time taking on my own blood pressure because I use a manual cuff. So I have to have a setup where I have a manual cuff and my, my spouse can take it, etc. for me to kind of log it. We have all sorts of... 
uh, apps and stuff to kind of log information. You don't have to be too fancy. I tend not to trust electronic cuffs. But that's one thing. The first thing is uh, childhood stress, childhood uh, exercise, childhood uh, dietary stuff. Um, obesity is part of that, and, pre, and early diabetes and prediabetes is part of that. Um, uh, a lot of pediatricians tend not to do a lot of testing. They'll do some spot checks as long as you don't have any big uh, family history for anything. Uh, but it may be worthwhile, especially if you have significant weight gain or, or you're on medicine to make you gain weight for depression, et cetera, to have more blood tests to make sure uh, your cholesterol, sugar, and, and liver and f- kidneys are doing fine. And then you go from there. And you can check that a couple times a year, once a year. Um, so that's the first thing. The next thing is... Um, exercise is a big, big deal. And it's, if you're a wrestler, you may not be able to wrestle after you get through, you know, grade school, uh, for junior high and high school. Uh, so it, it's not necessarily the best way to, to be stay fit. But resistance training is a big deal. We've talked about aerobic fitness for many years, many decades, uh, your ability to heart and lungs aerobic using air uh, uh, without going into anaerobic uh, uh, um, uh, uh, cycles but uh, but it turns out probably resistance training is a big big deal in terms of uh, staying uh, staying uh, having enough lean body mass and st- being able to stay fit yes we want you to be able to climb the stairs and run a, run after your dog that's aerobic fitness typically uh, anaerobic fitness or which is part of the resistance training is kind of explosive uh, big muscle uh, group use and that is important we don't stress that enough in our youngsters. We're not talking about becoming muscular. We're talking about resistance training to help you stay, keep your muscle mass. Your muscle mass probably starts dropping probably in your late 30s, early 40s. You can't maintain it forever, uh, typically in general. I'm not even talking about bodybuilders and, and powerlifters, but that turns out as a big as a big deal that we should start. And it turns out that aerobic fitness and resistance training uh, is also important for our weight uh, control later in life. It also is important for our mental health. So it turns out that that, that, uh, exercise is extremely important. You always want feedback, numbers, either blood pressure or weight, waist size. Um, you know, sugars, cholesterol, you want feedback. Uh, it's not very hard. I'm not uh, talking very fancy, very fancy numbers, very expensive uh, stuff to, to get. But you want feedback to make sure you're going in the right direction, uh, that if you decide to change your diet and you do lose weight, that your lipids, your cholesterol and sugar, uh, cholesterol looks okay. Just, uh, because not just because you lose weight doesn't mean everything becomes normal uh, automatically. The uh, uh, the uh, then when you uh, so the, the 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 typical things that we don't sense until it's kind of too late are blood pressure, hypertension, uh, diabetes, or borderline diabetes, or prediabetes, or metabolic syndrome. Uh, those uh, those are uh, uh, things that rack up uh, without rack up um, end organ problems without symptoms. Um, those are the big ones. Sleep disturbances. It turns out sleep disturbances where we don't sleep normally. Uh, typical in normal sleep is you go to bed, you could drop off to sleep within within thirty minutes if you're not watching tv etc stay asleep the whole hour uh, then the whole night get up eight hours later and yes eight hours is about the target believe it or not there are very few people can get away with less and uh, some people need a little bit more but about eight hours if it's broken up throughout the night for a lot of reasons you still may feel exhausted the next day and it's worthwhile to talk to a professional if you find that you're sleeping eight hours but it's broken up or you can't sleep eight hours there's a bunch of reasons usually psychological um, there are sometimes physical reasons why you have disturbed sleep or broken up broken up sleep um, so uh, so uh, uh, dietary stress uh, and exercise specifically resistance training is 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 important all sorts of stuff can interfere uh, with any of these money 
where you live. You know, if you have if you don't have good access to to, re, to reasonably priced food, if you can't go outside to exercise because of the weather, because of the dangers in your neighborhood, uh, those are all big uh, all big things. Then the next thing for general health that helps prevent people from coming to see me eventually or having to have too many medicines from me is deep personal connections with people. Your ability to communicate, to express yourself, to have somebody that has your back, your ability to talk to somebody. That's that's the other big thing that we find missing many years later when I have to take care of people with fancy medicines like ketamine. Um, so these things can, can, can help out significantly. Uh, when you exercise, if you maintain, especially resistance training and, you, and some better proper eating, you tend to have less obesity. Less obesity means typically less sleep apnea. Uh, and also less obesity tends to have less degeneration of your knees and hips and ankles, those weight-bearing joints uh, that uh, have to hold your body weight up uh, against gravity. Uh, those things degenerate faster whenever you're, whenever you're, whenever you're heavier. Uh, so also exercise eventually, many years, decades later, will help you prevent you from having osteoporosis so early. If you had proper body weight and proper nutrition and, and you exercise with weight with the resistance, uh, so weight-bearing uh, exercise decreases your risk of having osteoporosis many decades later, uh, both men and women. Uh, so these are kind of some basic uh, things that help prevent people from coming to see me, or if they see me, things are not as bad as they could, that they could be. Um, certainly, you uh, what by the time a patient is in their 80s and is on uh, 11 medicines or, uh, or, or so and seeing nine doctors, it's hard to say, well, I'm going to get myself better and I'll be able to stop all that. You won't be able to. But but it also makes it easier to control your blood pressure with one pill or two pills or lower dose of one pill or two pills rather than max dose of four or three or four pills like I've had that uh, Every time I saw a diabetic, they haven't lost weight, their sugars are starting to go higher, but I can control it because I can add more medicines, more pills, more shots. Um, yeah, their numbers are great, um, and they've not had a you know, stroke or lost their vision uh, or have peripheral neuropathy from diabetes, but they're also on three and four medicines from me to, to, to make sure to ensure that um, people complain about side effects of medicines. They complain about the cost of medicines. They complain about having to go down every week to refill a medicine or, and stuff like that because the refills are offset from each other. They're not all go. They don't all expire at the same time. Um, and all these things are, are preventable or can be minimized with some uh, planning. Um, and it really does take mean that you, at least once or twice or three times a week, you're going to have to take yourself from uh, your personal health from 19th on your to-do list to maybe number one, two, or three on your to-do list. And whether, whether you use it Saturday morning before everybody wakes up or whatever you want uh, to, to kind of kind of have a game plan for, for yourself, whether it's what you're going to eat or, you know, I'm looking forward to, if you're going to go to a wedding, you know, what, you know, deciding what you're going to eat, if you can't eat certain things, you know, to eat beforehand and what you're going to be able to eat uh, during the, these things, if you're going to go on vacation that you're going to let it go and it's all right you don't have to follow everything to a t so you, the, making these choices and decisions are easier to kind of pre-plan these things the other piece of it which we forget i you could listen to me all day long is that other people around you your loved ones also influence how you feel and how you eat and how much energy you have etc it's not it's not their responsibility but they can influence it so if i have to decide that i need to wake up and walk every morning but my wife wants to sleep in i have to tell her that i'm going to be out walking and stuff like that if she wants to you know join me that's great or if she wants me to do something earlier than than i normally would that's fine but i need to kind of plan because walking is an important part for me mentally spiritually physically
basically. That's the aerobic piece. Um, you don't have to do fancy equipment. You don't have to buy fancy vitamins. You don't have to do fancy equipment. You don't have to join fancy clubs. Um, I'm going to tell you, uh, there's, uh, you know, other than buying fun t-shirts uh, that you went on races and stuff like that, you do not need to have the most expensive shoes, the nicest shorts. You don't have to go to, to, to the 24-hour fitness places and have a 30 or $50 per month um, uh, fee to, 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 join, to, to join places. Uh, you can start like that. It's fun sometimes to join other people. It's fun to have sometimes have, you know, I can't do any work because I'm at the gym for the next hour and a half. That's great. Um, uh, but uh, but I want people to understand they could do body weight exercises. This is push-ups against the wall, push-ups on the ground, uh, uh, chin-ups a little harder to do. Uh, uh, Set-ups is probably not the best, but leg raises. You could do a bunch of stuff in terms of flexibility and a, uh, a bunch of um, uh, uh, stretching, et cetera, core strengthening that does not require except minimal, if any, uh, tools. And there, it's out there. It's, thank God we have the Internet. It's out there. You don't have to. You don't have to start feeling guilty that you don't have the best, or you you read one way how to do something. Next week you read another way how to do it. You feel bad because you're not doing it right. Pick 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 something that, and you work on it for a few months, two three months. See if it as long as it doesn't hurt, as long as it's not causing you problems. See if it makes a difference that you notice. Anything that you try, whether it's diet or exercise, it's going to take. It's depending how. Uh, where you are in your in your fit uh, fitness uh, could take several months before you feel good or feel right about doing some things. Um, there are all sorts of apps. There are all sorts of other things that can help. Um, and there's remote ch- coaches. You don't have to if you don't have one locally. You can even find remote coaches for re- cheaper sometimes than going to a local gym. So there are a bunch of options for you uh, and stuff like that. Yep. So there's a book I stumbled across. You just answered. Seth. You already answered all my good. questions. I had a whole list of questions here, and you breezed right through. No, but. Uh, really, we're talking about phys- physical fitness, one yep. of my favorite topics. Uh, there's actually a book called Never Gymless. Mm. It came out a while ago. You probably find it online still. And it just I've teaches you if you don't have a gym or anything, you just it teaches you. It's a whole book about working out self-resistance all around the house. And then just some household items yep. you could use as well. Because self-resistance is really, I, I do it a lot. I do it probably yep. more than actual weightlifting. Yes. Because I think it's really important that's very natural you should be able to push your own weight off the ground you should be able to lift yourself out of bed or lift yourself up if you need to or jump over a fence of a dog absolutely basic basic safety there you know yes basic basic safety stuff uh, yeah and and sit-ups don't go all the way up if you're if you're like oh sit-ups hurt and i don't Mm -hmm. get anything because you're going all the way i don't care what they taught you in pe in 1987 you don't go all the way up you go that's right. 45 degrees, right? When that top ab is like, and then you right. slowly let yourself back down. And leg raises. And so I have great abs. I can teach you. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah. And so that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saying that, Seth. Uh, because a lot of us feel guilty uh, because we're, we're not doing it right or we're afraid we're not going to do it right. It's discouraging and then yeah. you don't want to do it. That's right. And and you're scared. And if you hurt yourself, that's one of the things I, 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 tell, I tell people. people. I tell people when you start working out and you get discouraged, keep in mind, you're not in shape yet. Right. You're, it's going right. to suck for a while. That's, that's right. what the hardest thing. And it's it's it, once you start getting in shape, your workouts and stuff feeling crummy the rest of the day, right. you need to rest. You actually, I work out in the morning if I have a lot to do because it actually wakes me up and makes gets the blood flowing yep. and I feel good. So I, once I'm you glad. get into shape, I'm glad it, it's much better. It's uh, and quit smoking. 
Yeah, well, that's thank you for eight being, years tobacco free. Quit. That's the number one bravo. thing. Don't, if you're not, if you're gonna smoke, don't that's worry right. about anything else. That's right. <laughs> Quit smoking before you worry. Smoking about it. is uh, yeah. If it robs you of of of, of every practically everything health wise, uh, everything from cancer, cardiovascular disease, strokes, dementia, and so that's absolutely right. So. Part of the part of it is that that stop being afraid, stop being uh, sorry, stop and just just do it. And as we all know, routine outdoes out perfection. So a routine, uh, you can start five minutes. It doesn't. You know, I know eventually we want you to do forty or fifty. You know, forty or fifty, sixty minutes a day. You know, m- most days of the week. But start out five minutes. Start out three minutes. Start out five push-ups. Mm-hmm. You know, start very small. It's not. It's not. You're not in high school shape. You're not junior high shape anymore. Uh, so give yourself, like Seth says, I would tell people, give yourself three, four months to to finally feel good about yourself, because in high school, you know. I, you know, if I wanted to go run cross country track, I felt it was sore for a week or ten days, and then I'd be done. And I'd be fine. But for me, it's totally different now. It's dramatically different for me, and I want people to understand that. Once again, you need your primary care doctor once you have problems or perceive potential problems, or you're at risk for problems. But you literally can avoid a good chunk of the medical system early in life, and certainly later in life, if you if you put your priorities three, four times a week up on number one, two, and three. Um, and uh, oftentimes you say, well, I'll do it whenever everybody's in sleep at night. And sometimes that's great. It works out. That's a, that's your your personal time. Sometimes, like Seth says, it's, it's you want to do it in the morning because that's your personal time. Um, sometimes you want to do it as a group. But but part of it is that, that we need to throw the rule books out about a lot of stuff and say, what can you do and, and what can continue doing consistently? And that applies to me also. Uh, one of the things I tell people is that is that in order to take care of yourself, you have to address some of the other issues, whether it's money issues or relationship issues and stuff. And that's you know, hard enough to get up and do stuff for yourself, let alone you know other things that rob you of mem- mind and energy, your mental state and your energy, um, uh, and sometimes your money. Uh, so that's its own uh, separate talk. People may need therapy, may need other things to help them uh, unload some of the stressors and worries and uh, chronic issues that they can't fix themselves. Um, I, I, I think I'm a bright guy, but I always don't have perspective. That's why I have Seth. That's why I have Vanessa. That's why I have a spouse. That's why we have Vanessa. <laughs> that's right. We have Vanessa. Because because people challenge me, and I used to be irritable because I, I know better. But the answer is, when people ask me questions, it's great. This comes to me. But when they challenge me about what I say, I, I stop worrying about that. It's not about me. It's me about me understanding what's what what they what other people see, and maybe I need to learn something new that they've read about because they're more interested than I am. So uh, so find the right people. Get your get your tribe. It could be one or two other people. Sometimes it's your kids. Sometimes it's your cousin. Sometimes it's your old coach. Um, you know. Uh, Pick small things, very small steps, uh, whatever it is, uh, to decrease eating out or decrease soda, whatever it is, um, start small things and, and do a checklist. It's going to take months. It's going to take months. And you could you could pat yourself on the back every day. If I do five push-ups that I didn't do last week, that's five more push-ups. And, you know, that's a, that's a dramatic increase. Ten more. That's, yeah, ten more. So Punish yourself. <laughs> if, you, if you skipped five tomorrow, you got to do ten. We're doing military right, stuff. Military stuff. You know, if, we if we were late to formation it's a uh, to company, it's a push up for every second. So 
We don't. If you're we, ten we minutes we, late. We did, your day just got really long. That's right. What, what happens when you were growing up in South is that we were punished for for underperforming and stuff like that. And the answer is, you're your own boss now. You don't have to eat your peas if you don't want to. You don't have to exercise if you don't want to. But the end result is, you want to, and that's why we're here. And today, they got great today. supplements too for people that don't like vegetables. I like vegetables. I don't. I'm not big on fruit I'm, because of the. I just don't. There's not a lot of fruits I particularly like. Yeah. Plus, I know that they're pretty damaging to the enamel. So yeah, right, I, 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 I try to. I like. Yeah, I'm a veggie guy. We have a whole check out our roasted veggie That's episode right. if you haven't. It's actually probably one of my favorites, to be yeah, honest. I'm glad and we'll do all we'll do more of these things. But but uh, but yeah, toss the rules uh, out. Uh, most of the rules out. Uh, let's uh, let's get you uh, uh, feeling better about yourself because you're doing something. You're making decisions about yourself and doing more for yourself. Asking for help, giving yourself permission to for it to take longer. And uh, we'll be back uh, well, with more information. Yeah. Well, uh, we also want to get rid of the negative stigma around. Uh, I wouldn't really call it negative stigma. Yeah. Working out is all about looking good. Like right. you want to look good for the opposite sex this summer sure. when you're on the beach. Like be. that's the biggest like uh, cliche thing to say about working out. But you really mental health, physical health, it helps balance. You know everything, everything out right. for you. And if you look good when you see yourself in the mirror, that's your little uh, bonus. There. That's an extra. Yes, I know. We when we were younger, it was uh, it was not about that. If I can if I can bend over and pick up something, it was about how good I could look uh, or how fast I could be. Yeah, but and I'm it, telling you, I turned 38 uh, this month, Doc. I, so I'm, I'm sure your presence. I'm, in the I'm, mail. I'm I'm turning 58. Uh, yeah. Let's see, am I right? Uh, 59. And what am I saying? There you go. There I, you I go. had to think about mine too the other day when people were like, "How old are you gonna be?" I was like, uh, "38." But yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's it gets harder. It gets harder to it get does. in shape the longer you wait. So don't like if you're like, oh, I'll just push off till tomorrow. That turns into next year, and then you're a whole year older, and your body's going through these changes. Guys are I producing agree. less natural testosterone. I, so. I remind people if you, if 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 what you didn't do today, you don't do tomorrow, and after tomorrow, six three six days, six months, six years from now, you will not have done it. So there you go. So pick pick a time and start small. Uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, check it out. We, there's always resources out there. We're happy to talk to you. Please let us know on our on our website, uh, notyourdoc.com. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a that, contact form. You can yep. just enter your email Absolutely. and any message you have, and we'll get back to you. And we have, we, and uh, that's yeah, that's the fun site that has everything that we do. All the episodes. It. Well, thank you, Seth, and we miss uh, Vanessa, and uh, we'll talk to everybody later. Bye now. This previous podcast represents my opinions and the opinions of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I'm not establishing a physician-patient relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions that you may have.